This is it. I'm actually recording for the podcast now. All right. So, so hold on to your butts. Hold on. Because we got a podcast to brewing. We're making a stew, and we're calling it a podcast. Podcast stew? Yep. Is that like uh, stone soup? Uh, yeah, where you dump a bunch of stones in your soup and call it a soup. <laughs> no, haven't you heard that story? Yeah, where people put stones in the soup because they're so poor, they don't have any fucking food. No, it's that the guy, like the cannibal, he wants to eat the guy, and he puts him in the pot, and he goes, look, if you let me live, I'll I'll, let you, I'll give you the recipe for stone soup. And the cannibal's <laughs> what like... What a stupid fucking cannibal. No, he's like, well, like, I need a stone. So they get the stone, they boil it in water. He's like, you know what the stone soup needs? It needs carrots. Go get some carrots. So they get the carrots, they slice them up, put them in the stew. It's like, mm, you know what the stew needs? Is this Aesop? You know what the stew needs? It needs, some, it needs some beans. And they, like, basically make a fucking vegetable stew. <laughs> All right. But it's got a stone in it. So it's stone, stone cold stew. Soup. Stone cold Steve stew. Yeah. I'm not Steve off stew. You know what? I'm not digging. I'm not digging me without any bottom in my voice. <laughs> Gotta get some ass in that voice. Get some ass. Get some ass in your mouth. You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Welcome to episode 65 of Blue Yonder. I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. You can find us at baldmove.com, as usual. Uh, we have a lot of shit to talk about this week. Of course, we're going to do bullshit up front. Uh, we're also going to talk about Ebert, uh, his latest article on the dying of the light. It's how movie theaters are dimming their screens. Uh, and Aaron, do you have a topic this week? Uh, yes, I do. What would that topic be? <laughs> thank you. Thank you for just leading right into that. I'm, I'm glad you picked up my slack there. It's going to be the future of human spaceflight. Oh, so you mean none <laughs> because the U.S. has cut their space funding. Well, it's a sore subject with me. I actually want, uh, Me too. I tried okay. to talk about this. Well, we'll get to that in a meet. Segment. We will get to that. I All just right. wanted to introduce topics. Um, so why don't we go right into the bullshit, to- the bullshit section? Do we – actually, do we want to pimp our, our stuff right now? Yeah, let's pimp it. Up uh, because – Up front. We okay, got the so we're Twitter.com at bald move. We got the Facebook.com <laughs> slash bald move. And we got the beer.com slash bald move. <laughs> We've just been watching bat, uh, rap battles. Sorry, Epic rap people. battles of history! Um, Jim Jones! Twitter.com slash hey, bald move. Uh, Facebook.com slash bald move. Go to our website. We've got. Um, some new links. I did some rearranging on our website today. I don't even know if you noticed that. Yeah, you got the reviews all up top. Like, yeah, we posted a review from Staffa, our new uh, host. He, uh, he did a review of Killzone 3. Yeah, I guess him and Peter are going to review like stuff every week. I, from what I hear, yeah. Stuff. We've got a Monday Night Combat review that I'm actually going to post on Monday night. Oh, <laughs> blow the mind. Yeah, right? So um, along with that, speaking of Staffa, uh, PowerPlay. PowerPlay is relaunched. We actually... Uploaded. Peter himself uploaded the first episode of PowerPlay. Uh, he's calling it PowerPlay Resurrection. It's the first recorded instance of podcast necromancy. 
It <laughs> brought back from, from the, the dead. From the graveyard. Absolutely. Tapped three black mana. <laughs> and brought brought back by Peter himself. I, I personally am very happy about this because this is a podcast that not only do I not have to record it, but I don't have to maintain it. <laughs> you don't have we, to edit it? We've set him up with all of his own, like, he's got the editing tools, he's got the access to post it, everything. So I don't have to touch this. It's actually kind of exciting for me to just hear a podcast that I'm not a part of because you may or may not have noticed that I've been a part of damn near every podcast that's on our site. That's I think true. with the exception of two. Like the original Power Plays, I was a part of all those. Jonestown Jams, I did. And 63 episodes of Blue Yonder or whatever. Yeah. A lot of podcasts. And I enjoy listening to the ones where I'm not a part because it's fresh. See, I only it's enjoy new. listening to the ones that I'm a part of. I know, because you're <laughs> narcissistic and an egotist. But <laughs> That's not true. Oh, that's totally true. I've listened to but, every podcast you've ever been a part of and you and Peter ever are a part of except for the latest Power Play, which I'm 30 minutes into, but I've had a crazy fucking week. <laughs> and they all sucked. <laughs> yeah. They could have had a little A-Ron in it. Sure. You could sure. have squeezed a little A-Ron in uh, there. That's all yeah, I'm saying. A-Ron injection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check that out. We just posted it Wednesday. It's up on the site. Um, go to iTunes. Search for PowerPlay. It's one of the no, three podcasts that comes up. Just go to, or go to our website. Site. We got yep. a link to take you right there. You can click on the link that says, see it in iTunes. Hit five stars. Yeah. And we've also got um, a link to all the RSS feeds for our shows. So if you... If you have any podcast aggregator whatsoever, it doesn't have to be iTunes. You can just go there, get the RSS feed, and punch it right into your your aggregator. Um, so that's kind of awesome. They're going to be doing that every other Wednesday, I think. Okay. Um, if if not that, then monthly. It's um, yeah, not it's, sure yet. It's, it's on, still up there. Uh, it's on PST. Peter Standard Time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> every <laughs> single day, Peter Standard Time. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, we already mentioned the Killzone Three review that we posted on the site. Um, I've got some more bullshit, but I think I want to save it for a second until you get through your bullshit. So All right. Bring it on. Well, I want to do some little local blue, uh, bullshit. Oh, bring yeah. Down to the Indianapolis area. Uh, really? Saturday, June 25th, I think all of our podcasts, maybe not Peter, um, is tentatively going to be represented at the Indianapolis Brouhaha. Oh, yeah. This is Saturday, June 25th. Starts at 3 o'clock. Um, basically, downtown... Um, they're going to have representative of over 20 Indiana microbreweries and for $25, you get to do, it says unlimited tastes of 50 beers on tap. (laughs) I don't know how they're going to do that, uh, with food and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be running from table to table to table, sprinting. Right. So it's 21 and over. Um, but, uh, their motto is fear no beer. Nice. I like it. It's uh, at the Phoenix theater downtown. So uh, if you want to go there, we would love to hear from you. Kind of less know in advance on our Facebook or yeah, on we'll our meet forums, forums.baldmove.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll meet up and we'll t- kick a few back with us. Sounds like a good time, though. Sure. Yeah. So there's uh, first. What, what first more could you bullshit. ask for? It's like how much does it cost? Like twenty bucks or something? Twenty five bucks. Thirty days of. So if you pre, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would encourage pre buying because you don't have to stand in line and, and that helps five them out. bucks yep. and all that kind of stuff. So for sure. Uh, other thing of uh, kind of like a current event was uh, International Towel Day. Was <laughs> Wednesday. Towel. Hey, don't you know you're like going like, to feel like an asshole in approximately five seconds because this is the anniversary of. Douglas Adams, author of Hitchhiker's Guide to the, the Galaxy's <laughs> Death. 
That's even funnier. Why would he? <laughs> International Towel Day. You've never I'm read not it. a Tracker's Guide to the Galaxy. I have not, no. Jesus Christ. I know of the number 42, but that's about it. All right. Well, the other. Um, it's hit, all inferred knowledge. That that he said that the towel, a towel is the most useful thing that you can have hitchhiking across the galaxy because not only is it useful, and he has a whole paragraph of why you can use a towel in your <laughs> roaming around the universe, but they also okay. said it's got a good psychological value because. If a hitchhiker has his towel, people are going to automatically assume that he has his toothbrush and his toothpaste and his food rations and his knife and his, like, all this other stuff. Because why, you know, if, goddamn, if you held on to your towel, you got all this other stuff. <laughs> so he, I get the reasoning, but I'd personally rather have all the other stuff. Anyway, um, to commemorate, because Douglas Adams was not only huge in the humor, but mm-hmm. he also was a very ab- uh, staunch advocate of, like, atheism and rational thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he died two weeks later, they decided to hold an inter, uh, international wake for him and carry the towel, which became <laughs> International Towel Day. Now, he passed away, I think, Mar- uh, May 10th. Um, no, this year? May 11th, 2011. Whoa. So this was the 10th anniversary of his death, the 11th Towel Day. Wait. You said he died May 11th, 2011. 2001. I'm sorry. Okay. 2001. I thought I was going crazy. Beer crazy. Yeah, beer crazy. So um, I actually took a towel in the work, and I don't think anybody you know noticed and, and all that kind of stuff. Did you I wear it on your head? No, I, I wish. <laughs> I just trying to make an, an yeah. trying to avoid making a. I know you were, and that's comment about one of our new co-hosts. But, and that's uh, why I took it there. That's why I had to take it there. Um, we love you, Stafa. Yeah. No, so uh, yeah, I, I should have worn it out shopping, but I just like mm-hmm. I don't want to be like that big of I don't I don't want to be that guy. Sure, sure, sure. But for the tenth anniversary, if I'd known it was the tenth anniversary, I probably would have. So happy mm-hmm. towel day. We happy uh, towel day. Sure. It was a big. It was the 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 world lost a great um, author, a great author and advocate of rational thought. Uh, yes, too soon. He died at age forty nine. So he died of AIDS. No, he died age 49. <laughs> he died at 49 varieties of AIDS that were in a delicate balance in his system. Yeah. The 50th one is the one that killed him. Yep, yep. You can't, you can't do 50. You can't survive 50 cases of AIDS, 50 strains of AIDS. So we did the brouhaha. We did that. Um, I also want to talk about last be- – or I guess there's penultimate bullshit. Oh. There's a petition online to classify Wikipedia as a world wonder. Uh, get the fuck it, GTFO, you idiots! I know, and the I will wonder. My I, dick is a world wonder that <laughs> Wikipedia is not. When I first went to Wikipedia, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and I use it probably semi daily, if yeah, not daily. Sure, but my real problem with it is the deletionists took over about five years ago, and they set out to be, you know, Wiki policy was Wikipedia is not paper. And they want to be a repository of all human knowledge. Mm. But then they started doing this, like, non-notable bullshit, which is like, okay, fine, and cite your sources, which is fine. Not, what's non-notable for those not in Anything the Anything that the deletionists – there's, like, two camps in Wikipedia. There's the inclusionists, mm-hmm. which basically says this isn't a paper encyclopedia. The storage space and processing power is infinitesimal to add. So, like, you know, the deletionists would say there shouldn't be a page devoted to every Pokemon in existence. Which, that's not a bad argument. No, I think that is a bad argument. I kind of agree, too, but I can see their point. But what they're doing is deleting, like, for example, my I cut my teeth uh, editing because I was really sick one day in 2000, think, I think, five. And I noticed that Fred Saberhagen, who's a famous sci-fi fantasy author, didn't have hardly anything on his page. So I fleshed huh. it out and wrote a really good article on his uh, Books of Swords trilo- uh, trilogy. Kudos and, to you. And I, I did that. 
the th- that fucking thing was nominated for deletion the, like two days after I did it. What the fuck? And it survived. Mm-hmm. But then I started paying attention to the votes for deletion and got involved in that community. Yeah. It's amazing. People just basically delete anything they don't like or anything they don't think is quote unquote notable, regardless of whether it See, has sources cited and all that stuff. And yeah. I got, I quickly became disenchanted with Wikipedia at that point. Yeah, like I am in total disagreement with. Apparently, it's called deletionists. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I am in total disagreement. I think anything and everything should be on there. Yeah. If it has a credible source, right. I think it should absolutely one hundred percent be on. I don't care if it's like how to properly clip your toenails. Right, like toenail shavings should be on there. What are toenail shavings? Right. What do toenail shavings do to like the human respiratory system when left in the wild? Like I want to know these things. Yeah. And Wikipedia is a great source for that. Like I used to love hitting alt X on Wikipedia, which is random article because you oh, just nice. never know. I mean, you go from yeah. like, you know, particle physics to some weird episode of Star Trek to, you know, Doctor Who lore and yeah. in some weird town you never heard of in Pennsylvania, <laughs> knowing the population and it's it's like local tap. I mean, it was great. Yeah, it's like it's like the closest thing we've ever had, bringing it full circle to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like if you it's, if you put Wikipedia on the Kindle, it's damn near what the fucking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy would be. Hmm. Only Hitchhiker's Guide to Earth, I guess. Okay, but the deletionist fucked it up, and there was a period. Yeah. Like, they started purging, and there's a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, Star Wars shit gets on Wikipedia, Wikipedia, and Star Trek shit needs to be on Memory Alpha. Why? I don't understand it myself. It's not like this is the Library of Congress. It's right. a big place, but it's it's finite. And what... I mean, this is... We could literally devote every computer on the planet to this right. if we wanted to. Right. And one of the straws broke my camel's back, and you can argue right or wrong, but Fred Saberhagen died about six months after I started editing his article... His fucking widow went on the Wikipedia and edited the information about his death and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. They reverted to change. Oh, God. Because it wasn't carried by some, you know. It wasn't a cited source. It wasn't a cited source. Yeah. Because she's the fucking source. She has firsthand knowledge of the guy. Right. (laughs) What, What better source could you possibly get? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. And I used to donate to Wikipedia. I used to, I've written several articles for them, and I've edited a lot of articles. And I'm just like, you know mm-hmm. what? Fuck this. Because there's so much insane politics on Wikipedia adminship. Yeah. Well, now I understand why you were so opposed. We talked today about possibly doing a bald move wiki. No. Now I understand why you're why opposed to that. Opposed. Because of all the deletionists out there. <laughs> Aaron Hubbard, who's this jackass? He doesn't need an article. <laughs> Gone. Deleted. Right. No, that's not why. I just think it's stupid <laughs> to have a Wikipedia for three authors. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I was yeah. going to let everyone edit it. I was going to let oh. our audience edit it. Oh, I don't yeah. trust those fuckers. Neither do I. God, they listen to our show. <laughs> How smart can they be? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. How's how's that for your bullshit? Are I you got done? one more thing. Bring it. Um, I the, thought that was the penultimate one. Uh, yeah, penultimate means the next Second deal. to last, exactly. right? Exactly. So this is the last. But I have it. one more. Well, which this means is, that wasn't penultimate. That was well, your penultimate. If you're pinching off a loaf, that's that's not my <laughs> bullshit. That's yours. Okay. Um, you actually, this is actually, I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder. Oh, you bastard. The TSA. Ever... Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. So mm-hmm. Texas, the great state of Texas, decided this this TSA groping policy. Yeah. Where they basically said, go into the body scanner, or we're going to molest you. Yep. Yep. And that's 
And Will Wheaton got I've, molested. I've, Did you see that? Yep. And I've okay. actually had this done to me on the way home from PAX. Well, you opted in for it. You were like, that's hell a, yes, molest me. That's what you do. You have you, to. Well, you, you opted out. I said, I want to opt scan. out. Yeah. So they called this guy over, and he – it's a pretty invasive frisking, and he made it clear like – Like, have you had worse Saturday nights? Let's say that. Yeah. But but, <laughs> okay. but the thing is, what he said at the end, he's very professional, and yeah. I didn't feel, like, triggered. <laughs> he said, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you're working out. Uh, he said, okay, so that took like five minutes. If you'd gone through the scanner, you'd have been done in 15. He said that to you? Yes. Like, he's basically like, look here, citizen. You fucked up. Don't, you know, like, we're going to delay and we're going to do this to you because you didn't do our, you didn't elect to do the backscatter nudigram. Wow. Which I don't care. I really don't no, give a I, shit. I went through it. It's the principle of the thing. Like, I, I'm tempted to like... Write shit on my junk just so they'll see it. <laughs> um, I don't know if it works that way. But Probably not. So I, I was just like, it made very clear to me that this was just a punishment. And then I see yeah. that there's kids. Like there's a, uh, I, oh, I posted a dude. link on, there's like an 18 month old yeah. or a 12 month old that got this uh, aggressive frisking. Yeah. Because his parents, uh, he couldn't literally go through the scanner. And I'm like, you know what? We live in a crazy fucking society. Texas decided, of course, you don't mess with Texas. They said, you know what? Apparently you do. There is an opt-out law on a state level that says if you don't want the TSA doing this shit, you can provide your own private security. Yeah. The TSA responded and said if you pass – because the the House of Representatives in Congress in Texas passed this at the Mm -hmm. state level. It was going to the state Senate. Mm -hmm. And the TSA said if you pass this, we're grounding flights out of Texas. No flights. For security purposes. None. Zero flights out of Texas. So it's like – In or out. What fucking kind of opt-out policy is this? It's not an opt-out policy. So it's, it's an opt-out of flight policy, an so opt-out the, of the, air the TSA, travel. The, the Lone Star State was considering a bill that would make the TSA pat-down that involved touching the anus, sexual organs, buttocks, and breasts of another person, including through their clothing. Oh, they're taking all the fun out of it. <laughs> <laughs> a misdemeanor allowing Texas law enforcement to arrest the TSA officials and charge them with sexual harassment. It would have meant that TSA officials could be fined $4,000 and spend up to a year in jail for doing the jobs of fielding prospective flyers. TSA said, you do that, we're grounding all your flights, and mm-hmm. the Senate in Texas blinked and caved in and voted down the bill. Yep. So you can mess with Texas. You just you just basically say, we're going to shut down DFW. What are you going to do now? Yeah. And I think that's sad. I agree. I, I, I mean, if one of the agree. most powerful states in the union, mm-hmm. I mean, Texas is the goddamn it's the uh, loyal state. Well, they're the Voltron of states. At any one time, they can divide up into six states for some obscure sure. slavery or secede law. secede from the union. Or secede from the union, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And take Arizona with them. Who, right. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, and half of Mexico. We'll just have this big <laughs> hole in the middle of our country in Arizona. Right. If fucking Texas, and you don't understand because I lived in Texas for two years. Texas is the only state where I've ever been to a sporting event, and they do the goddamn state anthem and do the state flag oh. with almost equal equal flair and drama to the national anthem. Wow. Before every event, like state, high school, like hockey. fucking uh, – ho- well, no, <laughs> They don't have uh, any hockey in Texas. You know, horse shows, rodeos, football games, whatever. Wow. If Texas can't say no to the TSA, we're all screwed. And it's The sad. only other one that could is California, I think. Yeah, California says, eh, we're not going to enforce these drug laws. Oh yeah, but they'll cave like a motherfucker if they shut down LAX or San Jose, Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, that I think they would. I, I would not be surprised if the TSA would back down if Texas just went ahead and passed it. 
You know, I thought that too. Which, but it's interesting that Texas blinked. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. And I Texas, don't know why they did. Other than honest. New Hampshire, Texas has probably got the stiffest back and biggest dick yeah. of any state. Yeah. Say Florida. Florida has a big dick. Oh yeah, they are the dick of the United States. They're not that state <laughs> okay. is nothing but the, a swinging dick. Oh, all right. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of shocked and a little disappointed. Yeah, I Texas thought it was going to back happen. down because I, I really I despise the the TSA thing, especially. I mean, apparently Will Wheaton had like a basically a traumatic experience. Uh, I think he played it up. A little bit. Of course, he played it up. Of yeah. course, he played it up. But right. I I think the links they've gone to with molesting babies molesting elderly women like these things i don't think he was exaggerating that much i think these things really do happen right um and i i really am disappointed with texas that they didn't go ahead and pass this thing and just see what the outcome is you know like i don't think the tsa no they're not elected officials i don't know that they can ground the flights if you know like i don't down, know the law I'm, i i shouldn't speak about this because i don't know dallas fort worth air uh, fort worth airport is a major airport it's huge everything connects through there if they shut everything. that down it might have been the end of the tsa maybe or maybe. lead to a, a because i mean everyone says uh god we're going so political here i hate to do this but everyone talks about well, the this Fourth isn't right wing they... left wing i think this ever every, every, oh, this is, every yeah. wing is pissed off about this bullshit absolutely for reasons yeah this is this is not a partisan issue at all um but everyone talks about the fourth amendment when they talk about the tsa and the pat downs they say it's an illegal it's an illegal search right um and the TSA, of course, disputes that. But I think if it were taken to, like, the Supreme Court, if it were taken higher up the chain, uh, who knows what could happen, you know? I don't think I mean, so. w- uh, why do you say that? Because I don't know that there's – I go – I think we shouldn't do because this isn't – this is fucking America. And we don't <laughs> – America, fuck yeah. We don't do shit like this. But I think that there is no intrinsic right to fly – like, if they were doing this at the border of every state where you had to show papers sure. before you cross state lines, mm-hmm. that's clear. I mean, that's unconstitutional. But I don't know there's a constitutional right to air travel. But does the Constitution specifically grant them the powers to limit air travel access? Because that's the issue here, right? Like, the the powers that the Constitution does not specifically yeah, go grant to the, to the government, to the federal government, right. go to the states but and the, the people. Yeah, but they govern interstate. I mean, Congress is all about uh, governing interstate commerce which you argue that you know mm-hmm. flying by definition is i mean obviously regional <sighs> man i don't call that commerce <laughs> well i'm just travel. saying that i but i yeah i, I think know. it's definitely a rights issue and we should be embarrassed as americans that we're going through this shit but... absolutely do you know any other country that has it this bad oh god come none on, man zero no, on the planet come on <laughs> well okay there there are countries where you're not even allowed to fly sure right i mean like i'm not going to go that far but, but i'm just but saying there, that yeah. i don't know that any civilized country with an air an air travel program that is similar to the U.S. has as stringent security measures as we do. Well, the other thing and, is – And as ineffective security measures as we do. The other thing is if I was a suicide bomber, I would just shove like a pound of C4 up my ass. Exactly. And They're the not going to feel that by touching your the, anus. The, and the back scatter isn't going to catch it neither. So I don't understand how this – again, this doesn't make it doesn't. us safer. We've talked about this before. We have. All right. So, sorry to get political on you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's all my bullshit. It. I'm spent. What do you got? All right. I, I want to flesh out an idea that I had the other day. Oh. I was talking about... Flesh it out. Uh, I was talking about how how men are typically hairy. Men, uh, men don't always want hair. You're you're a, 
You're a bit of a mammoth. I wish we had a live stream because I. Just, we need the live stream. Yeah, I just next week my, live stream. Right. I just showed my manly sweater, chest sweater, his uh, manly visage. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, so guys are typically hairy. Women want hair removal in certain places. Hair removal's a thing. So I decided, I was thinking about this. I think we should have laser tag hair removal. <laughs> I, think, I think we should get, instead of just your standard what? laser tag game, you give everyone hair removal lasers. You strap them with helmets so they don't lose their hair on their head. Or their eyesight. <laughs> well, give them glasses. <laughs> give them special polarized lenses, whatever. Uh, but you <laughs> welders mask exactly. You give them hair removal lasers, and you just set up a laser tag arena, and and you'll know when you get hit because Hell there'll be yeah. a big blank spot right on your chest. Plus, I've heard that laser hair removal feels like getting snapped by a rubber band. There you go, perfect. What if that hits your ball sack, man? Hair gone. <laughs> Hair removed uh, instantly. Testicles traumatized. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are some issues we have to work out. But I, w- I want to work through it here. Like, how would you do hair laser tag hair removal? Okay. I know a little bit more about laser <laughs> hair removal than a person probably should. Because oh, I'm a hairy fucker. And I used to think about, hmm, where would I get hair removed from? And uh, Where would laser- you get hair removed from, actually? Probably no. my back. I've got more back, hair on my I, back. back. I, I, don't have a nuisance. The, I don't have the uniswetter. But there's more back here that I that I really want, and that's really the only place that you really it's unnatural to have it, right? So you my, don't my you don't big want it toe. Ah, uh, you can trim that easily. <laughs> you can't trim the back. That's, that's the hard the, part. The the, the the Hobbit feet. Um. So, and I guess that laser hair removal works best when you've got ve- the lighter skin and darker the hair, the more successful it is because basically, really? yeah, it bombards you with this light energy and um, dark skin absorbs more of the energy and light hair doesn't absorb the energy. So like the worst, like if you were uh, African-American with Mm. blonde hair, you're fucking (laughs) out of luck. (laughs) No hair removal for you. Nope. Um, If you are a racist hair removal, if you are a a Serbian (laughs) with like translucently white skin (laughs) and dark matted hair, you're going to have a good experience because the hair is just going to absorb it all and be vaporized. So ideally, the time to get hair removed is during the dead of winter. Yes. So it's like, I just don't know how to... I don't know. I I think... I think this is a bald move. This is a bald idea, Jim. I like it. I mean, it serves two purposes. Entertainment and hair removal. The type of laser... (laughs) Combine those... The type of laser that you're going to want, maker. if that hits your eyeball, it's a horror <laughs> show. Because not only are you losing your eyelashes, but you're probably frying your retina, too. I didn't even think about that, losing eyelashes. Somebody hit you in the eyebrow on purpose. <laughs> Bastards. You come out looking like vanilla ice. That's not oh, cool. God. Nobody wins in that scenario. Not at all. What about you with the beard, man? They hit you, like, oh, right here, right near the chin. I look patchy. Yeah, you look like... I wouldn't look like uh, Aaron, that's for sure. Patch Adams. Because if there's one thing I'm good at, it's growing a glorious beard. Yeah, and if you went hair removal lasering, laser tagging, yep, mm, you'd lose it. Like, if Jesse and Eric come to Gen Con, I'm going to shave Wednesday night. And <laughs> show them how fast it grows. And meet them at the airport, and by Sunday at the end of Gen Con, I will have a fucking Grizzly Adams beard. <laughs> Yeah, you you have a <laughs> remarkable ability to grow a beard. I beard well. You do, you do. Uh, Riker, full Riker, full Riker. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my idea. Like, I think, I think it's a money making business. I think like uh, that idea is some bullshit quality. I think just like no, I can't mention this because this is in our 
our evergreen cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. Mm. The, the, the canned juice we got going on. Yeah, we got Episode some canned XX. juice. I can't mention it. Sorry, guys. But yeah, I think this is a quality moneymaker. I think people want hair removal. I think people want entertainment in the form of I laser tag. I don't even tag. know what you're talking about. I've forgotten what we casted about. Uh, I was going to talk about um, the Teledildonics. Oh, the website. Yeah, I love the fact that we dropped tele- Teledildonics <laughs> without any explanation, That's right. no you're context. You're gonna have to wait. Teledildonics. Teledildonics. That's a great word. That's my bullshit, though. All right. I think you just. I think you just start converting them right now. Laser tag arenas. Just buy new lasers. Yeah. And then you can cut down on equipment. You don't need the the hit registering things. You God, just get a what helmet. if you like lift up your helmet to wipe the sweat off your brow? And Big you mistake. Hit it, like you're blinded. You sign a waiver beforehand. <laughs> oh yeah. Do not take your helmet off. I agree to be blinded. <laughs> I, yeah. I run and I aim for eyes. When I play laser tag hair removal, I aim for eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I um um I, I'm an avid skier. And I saw this joke because if you actually read the waivers that you have to sign to get a ski lift, uh, I read this one joke waiver. It's oh. like, I, the undersigned, hereby certify that I came into this facility waving a gun and demanding what? to be issued a ski pass. And then that I am in mortal danger of skiing down this mountain. It's uh, <laughs> because that's about what the ski waiver is like. It's like this is really? a dangerous hobby. No sane person would do it. Uh, yeah. We barrel down a mountain. We begged you not to put skis on your feet and go up our <laughs> list. We begged yeah. you to consider your children. Yeah. And your livelihood. Actually, I saw a movie called Frozen not too long ago on Netflix. Uh, it was about people who got stuck in a ski lift over like a week. How did that happen? Uh, because they bribed a guy to go up on the ski lift. No one knew where they were there, and he told the guy, there's three guys coming down. And uh, three oh, other shit. people came down while they were still going up, and they shut down the ski lift and left for the for the week. It was like Sunday, and they wouldn't be back till Friday. Yeah. And Can you, you imagine getting stuck on a ski lift? Yeah, because like if you've only skied in shithole places like Indiana and Michigan, you might think, uh, well, yeah. I would jump off. It's a 25, well, they tried 30, that. 30, 30 foot drop. Mm-hmm. There's places in Colorado you're dropping 150, 200 foot into a mountain gorge. Yeah. And this looked like maybe a 50 foot drop. The dude tried to jump and broke his legs. Then the wolves ate him. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, there were wolves at the bottom. Did I not mention that? The whole time? They're just waiting, slavering? This is fiction. Was this based on a true story? Uh, I don't think so. No, this is not like 127 hours, which I also watched, which is cool. It's good, actually. All I know is I like the dude's name. The dude's name? Aaron Ralston. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the guy. Us Aarons, we gotta stick together. That's not Aaron. It's like uh, Aaron, isn't it? Hey, Aaron, you watch your mouth. Oh, all right, all right. So anyway, it's not Aaron. Yeah. Uh, so are we gonna? That's go all to the meet? bullshit. Who goes? Yeah. Who goes first? Uh, I'll let you go first since I went to look the last bullshit. God damn it! Really? Okay. Oh, okay. Because I just this is the. I've been on a roll. Aaron hates podcasting. I don't know if you, if you <laughs> listeners have noticed. Jim has to slap me around for yeah. good 30 minutes before I sit down in front of this mic. But um, this is probably the poorest I've been prepared for podcast because work has been insane the last two weeks. Oh, boo. But I do have... You complain about work on a podcast. I do have because this goes all the way back to like episode, an episode that we've never released on Blue Yonder... Uh, that we uh, called the future oh, because shit. I actually wanted to talk about the future and our thoughts of it. And my co-hosts were like, 
into just bullshitting. We were in and, Back and, to the Future mode. Yeah, you're basically yeah, yeah. and and it was irritating. We went it was 3D Jaws mode. <laughs> it was audibly pissing me off that I was actually <laughs> raising legitimate points about the future and stuff, and you guys like were like the moons of Jupiter and like all these things, and I, we were just like 3D Jaws. Yeah, I uh, just I just want a hoverboard. That's yeah, all I want. That's all I want. Uh, Mr. Fusion and Hoverboard. Um, but this harkens back to that episode that will never be released. Okay. Well, Man, we're going to release it as the worst of. I'm working on a worst of Blue Yonder. Yeah. Um, and we, we lost one of them, which yeah, is a shame. That's, I actually sat down to make it, and I found that. It's that, the future one, actually, so you'll never hear that. Congratulations. It? Yeah, it is. Well, it's funny as I have yeah, your is. audio and Peter's audio, yep. but my audio is missing. God damn it. That would actually be a funnier cast. <laughs> it might be. Just so a minute of blank silence, and then, <laughs> oh, you're fucking wrong. Terrible. Right. right. Uh, well, I'd just like you'd just be a much lighthearted cat, much more lighthearted cat. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, this reminded me, uh, I was reading yesterday ab- about the final attempts to contact a Mars spirit rover failed. Um, Whoa. If you've been following this, you know, there's, I haven't. we sent two rovers um, to Mars, and they were designed to last like 90 days, and they ended up lasting years. And one of them died hmm. because of a servo went out in a uh, wheel and it was uh, irresponsible. But Spirit's been out there conducting science years after it was supposed to fail. Excellent. And um, f- f- they don't really quite know why it stopped working, but it was immobile. And so they can they classified it as a stationary science station. Martian it, probes. It, it went by for another year, but the last time they contacted it was in March of 2010. Yeah, Martians. And they've <laughs> the Martians, they got them, damn it. So they decided that the final attempts to contact the Mars Spirit Rover has failed, and they're closing the project. So they're not going to try anymore. They know exactly on okay. – what's kind of cool, they know exactly on Mars where these two rovers are. So we'll probably snatch them up and put them in the Smithsonian one of these days. Mm-hmm. But it got me thinking because I was reading the comments on this article, and people are like, well, this is – you know, unlike the shuttle being retired, which people are saying this is the end of United States human spaceflight – they're saying this is the beginning of the next generation of unmanned space expira- exploration, okay. which I think is great because, you know, yeah. the Voyager probes and um, the Spirit probes and all these things that we're able to do, these outer space telescopes, um, these missions to far off planets with robots are great. Yeah. And they send us really great science. But... Um, <laughs> I really want to see the United. I want to see a, a people, humans, off of this rock mm-hmm. because all of our eggs are in one basket. And this is something Carl Sagan was passionate about too. Mm-hmm. That as long as we're on the Earth, we are going to be the victim of a comet strike, an asteroid strike, and it's just do dumb doodah luck that we haven't already. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that's troubling is that it's not like we're taking the money from human spaceflight and diverting it into asteroid detection and comet detection. We're just fucking mm-hmm. ignoring the fact that we could have a event that wipes out the human species. Or even uh, the preservation of our own planet as far as we're concerned. Right. Like, we're not even trying to prevent our destruction of it. And this is the second time this has happened because, you know, I grew up, I was born in at the tail end of the Apollo missions. Oh. And I remember my, you know, I had, like, little scale models of the Apollo rockets mm-hmm. and... You know, we had a space station in the goddamn 70s. Yeah. So then they sold, like, well, we'll have this uh, space shuttle. Like, the International Space Shuttle could have could have been put up by, like, two uh, Saturn-style rockets. But when they closed the Saturn program, there was this big political deal 
where they basically destroyed all the blueprints. They destroyed all the machines that made the rockets. They destroyed the? all the rocket plants so that you can never, ever, ever go back to Saturn technology. Like, if we went back to the moon with 1960s technology, we couldn't do it. We'd have to start all over from scratch because all that research has been destroyed and abandoned. Huh. Um, Interesting. So, I guess I'm really don't know what to feel about this because I don't think that any of the existing plans to go back to the moon are serious and any of the existing plans to go to, like, Mars or anything like that is serious. Well, I didn't know that there were any existing plans to send humans into space. Well, I, I thought like, it was George just Bush made this speech and... that, like, you know, he wanted to do a... But we've defunded... We've defunded exactly, everything exactly. that has to do with manned spaceflight. Exactly. And so... that's... Like, uh, I read uh, Robert Zubrin's, or maybe it's Zubrin, Zubrin's book, um, The Case for Mars, where he talks about how we could yeah. go back to Mars and how going to, going to the moon as a launch base for Mars doesn't make sense. Because uh-huh. it's actually easier to get to Mars from low Earth orbit mm. um, than it is to go to the moon and build a damn spaceship and launch it from the moon. Sure, yeah. Um, and, like, all this other stuff and how attainable it is. Like, I recommend anyone reading this. It's called The Mars Direct uh, Approach. And... Just real briefly, he advocates sending an unmanned, basically chemistry lab with eight tons of hydrogen to the Mars, to Mars, to the Mars, to the the PlayStation, to the moon, to the Mars, and it's going to land, and it's going to do this chemical reaction with the Martian atmosphere to take that hydrogen and combine it and make methane and oxygen. Hmm. Methane is a rocket fuel. Wait, wait, wait. I've seen this movie. It's called Mars. Probably. A lot of it's... (laughs) But but the thing is is like so you send this thing that Val Kilmer right <laughs> that was like called Red Mars or something like that but, yeah something like that um, but you send this unmanned basically laboratory that has these big and you know, fillable bladders um, oh, and it takes eight yeah. tons of and it t- it turns into a hundred tons of methane and oxygen yeah. once you have that settled then you launch another mission that has the habitat like the heavy lifting habit Mars habitat and it lands. So you're setting and up also, a base. And it also has a vehicle for return that's going to be fueled by the methane and oxygen. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Then once you have all that stuff on the ground and you know you've got a place to stay, you've got the fuel to get back and all that stuff. And by the way, you've used eight tons to make 100 tons of breathable oxygen and combustible methane. Yeah. You send the very small habitat mod, uh, you know, uh, habitable spacecraft that has the people the that in it. stay yeah. on, and they're going to stay on Mars for 18 months. Sure. And then come back using the return vehicle that you know is all 100% ready to go before you even launch them. And he's like, why huh. don't we do this? Because all this stuff from NASA, he calls it the Battlestar Galactica plan, where you load this huge vehicle that has every, all the oxygen, all the water, all the fuel, all the return vehicles, all the people, everything in one big thing yeah. and get them in one launch phase. He's like, it's ludicrous. That's, Why would you do ridiculous. that? That's ridiculous. Because yeah. if any one thing goes wrong, you sentence these people to yep. death. And you lose everything. Yeah. I, you're not just losing the habitat module. You're not just losing right. the, the return ship module. You're losing everything right. in one shot. And the odds, we're still not that great at space no, travel, right? No. <laughs> I mean, we lose ships. We've right. lost ships recently in, in the 2000s. And he's basically saying that um, before we shit-can this technology, that you could, um, with very small modifications of shuttle technology, because the shuttle main engines are actually really marvels of uh, engineering, hmm. and they're very reusable. The solid-state boosters are very reusable. He's basically advocating... 
um, taking the you know the giant orange liquid oxygen tank that's always mm-hmm. under the belly, yeah, um, directly mounting the uh, shuttle main engines below that, putting the solid rocket boosters like you do, and then ba- building an Apollo like uh, or Saturn Five like upper stage mm-hmm. that actually has cargo, you know, mm-hmm. on top of that, and just boost all the stuff in the space and boost it to Mars. And then, you know, use a smaller rocket to actually get the people to Mars. And he's like, this is all stuff that we could do right now. We just choose not to do it. It's like the opposite of what Kennedy says. You know, we do these things. We choose to do these not because they're easy, but because they're hard. We choose not to do these things just because I don't know. Just because we want to funnel more money into war efforts, into military. Like, I'm – God, I hate – I really don't want to go into this much politics. We've done a show all about politics, but – Man, the progression in space travel, the progression in exploration of space would be so much more, more valuable to humanity as a species right. than any any stupid war effort. Especially when you think – when you said you – keyword is species. We're yeah. talking about the extinction of the human race Absolutely. If, if a comet hits the earth. Not. Or if we, or if we destroy our own environment, if we right. destroy the ozone, I we're all dead. I don't like, know that we could fuck it up worse than what Mars is right now. But the point about sure, living on sure. Mars is it would be a harsh existence, but Mars mm-hmm. has everything we need to live. It's got an atmosphere. It's got a magnetic field. You're not, you're you not, might have water. It, it's, it's got enough maybe. water. <laughs> you, you've got you know minerals there. Mm-hmm. Within a 50 to 100 years, you could have a viable human colony on Mars. Yeah. Where, and that's not true of almost any place else in the, in, in the solar system. It's really not true of any other place. Any other place is Maybe either too cold or – well. But anything okay. that would affect the but moon has – or the Anything Earth, that would affect the Earth would affect the moon. Possibly, that's the problem. Right, yeah, right. because – yeah. The moon and the Earth are so closely connected right. that – yeah, the two are but, – But Mars has got to be the star because it's the most Earth-like of the planets. It's mm-hmm. got the most gravity – Yep. Um, and he's it's like, I really want people to read this case for Mars because it's really clever stuff. It's like, okay, link it in the show notes for sure. I will. Um, he has really clever things. Like when you use the boost stage, which is this dead weight yeah, in the crew module and you tie them together with uh, like these, these tethers and you spin them around each other to generate artificial gravity. Okay. So it's yeah. like even the junk. Yeah. That like the ascent phase of the booster, you use as a counterweight to spin the habitat module to generate gravity, so you, your astronauts don't lose their bone mass. Sure. In the six months it takes to get to Mars. Yeah. You know, I, so. I'm constantly amazed by the things that NASA engineers and NASA scientists come up with. Right. Because uh, I think that Mars, and I'm actually going to do a blue yonder first and research this before I say it. <laughs> no. Uh, but come I want to say the Mars Just gravity. Just out with it. Out with it. I, I want to see like the Mars gravity. A hundred times out of Earth. It's it's 38% of Earth's gravity. 38%. Okay. Which is, a shit which is t- way more than the moon. Way more than the moon. Sure. But... Um, you know, something that if you lived on Mars for several years, you probably couldn't come back to to the Earth. You'd just be crushed. Yeah, you'd you'd lose permanently. Your puny muscles would be crushed. Especially the older you gravity. got, the less able you'd be able to osteoporosis. Yeah. Oh. But then a basketball you could play on Mars. Oh God, man! <laughs> it, it'd be NBA <laughs> Jam in real life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Full court dunks. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm just sad because, and I'm like, I'm not saying defund the military and not fight wars. Um, oh, I, I kind of am. You, you can I say mean, that. Sure. But, but at, at NASA's height. We don't height, need war. At NASA's height, they got 0.5% of the budget of the, United, uh, of the total gross domestic product yeah. or the, the gross budget of the United States. At their height. So, and we. To they do get, the they most get, 
to do the most ambitious endeavor in mankind's history, might right. I add. 0.5%. And that that kind of funding would get us to Mars. <laughs> and sure. what would that, like, you know, what would that do to the, the human species as far as uniting and towards a common goal and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I think probes are great. You know, obviously the Voyager probes and the the, the Mariner probes and sure have have given as, as as and the Spirit an opportunity. I like given the stuff us... they're doing with solar sails. Sure, but we need to. We can't forget that we want humans out there exploring and living in these other worlds too. Yeah, colonize it's... the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that stuff is all out there for the taking. So, except for Europa, yeah. tip no landings there. That's yeah. an Arthur C. Clarke reference. Okay. <laughs> For our really super fucking nerd listeners. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I am I am 100% of the opinion. It's, it's a problem with science funding and science uh, popularity within the general public, in, in my opinion. I, I think the general public, for the most part, doesn't understand the value of science to a large degree. I think science is – science and research and exploration and – learning is the most important thing that we have as a species i mean that's what defines us as humanity right right i mean the the capacity to learn and understand and if we don't fund that if we fund things like wars if we fund things like i don't know anything else that we're funding in a major way above nasa and above i mean they're they're shutting down like uh what is it cern yeah not not cern i don't know um it's one. Of, it's one of the big ones. Not not the one who does the large hadron because that's not the large hard on collider. Not the large hard on collider. No. They pro- yeah. Uh, but the the one here, like in Chicago or wherever right. it is, it's somewhere. Again, um, yonder. We don't do research. Uh, yeah, we don't do research. Uh, but they're they're cutting funding for that left and right. They're cutting funding for most science programs left and right. We just we don't value that that exploratory. Uh, exploratory spirit anymore yeah as a, as a species and i i think it's a major problem in this country let me ask you this because the x prize has oh, a yeah. bunch of space flight challenges they're actually mm-hmm. doing lunar challenges now nice um do you think that when this funding comes it's going to be from a government like china is it going to ignite the space race with another uh, foreign nation or do you think this is going to come from private industry i think it's coming from private industry i mean people really? like uh What's his face from Oracle? Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't he doing a space flight program? John Carmack is doing a space flight oh, program, yeah. isn't he? Armadillo yeah. Aerospace. They're actually my favorite exactly. one. What's uh, Space One or SpaceX uh, or whatever that's Virgin. that is? Virgin. Okay, yeah. Which um, is the British – who's that uh, guy? Yeah, it's uh, Lord British. No, Lord British from uh, from Ultima fame, no, right? not. God. <laughs> uh. No. <laughs> You're doing research? Get out of here. Don't do any research. Uh, no, but I, I think it's all coming from the private industry. I think ultimately uh, space travel is going to be a lot like air travel here. We're going to get groped and we're going to shot off to the moon. Richard Branson. Richard Branson, yes. Thank English you. entrepreneur. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's all going to come from the private sector. I think that's what they're doing. They're doing it much like the air travel right. sector. Which, I mean, that worked to get us into the air age. Sure. Absolutely, know. yeah. So fuck them. Fuck and we'll, we'll just have to get groped and then we're shot off to Mars. Yeah. We're good. Um, so that's all I got. I mean, do you have anything more to say? I'm just it was uh, sad no, to me I, to see everybody yeah. lauding how like, oh wow, look how great these probes are doing, which is great, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. But we can't abandon putting boots on ground. 
exactly. I, I lament the loss, the upcoming loss of uh, the final space shuttle that we have available to us, the final right. manned space shuttle. Right. And I I lament the loss of the, the exploratory spirit that we have here in America, that we had in the 60s and 70s. Before you get to the next meat segment, do we want to take a, a little humor break? It, absolutely. We right. need some, we've been I dry posted, for a while. I posted this link on to the epic rap, rap battles of history. Darth can I get Vader another beer? Can, can you set this up while I grab another beer? Yeah, yeah. You want another one? Uh, sure. All right. So uh, I posted this to Facebook last week. Oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, we'll be editing this. Um, I posted this last week or this week to the Twitter. Um, per, a friend of mine sent me this link that uh, had the epic rap, rap battles of history. Darth Vader versus Adolf Hitler, which I thought was really funny, but it actually wasn't the funniest rap battle of history. I thought that the Abe Lincoln versus Chuck Norris was funnier. And as I was wrapping up, because I went to this, they had like Justin Bieber versus uh, Ludwig, Ludwig van von Beethoven. And the premise of this site is it's like, you know, eight mile. You have one rapper, it starts, and they talk a bunch of shit about the other rapper. And then there's a second verse where the other rapper can respond. Every once in a while, they have a third verse, like where the first rapper comes in and like this outrage, like like super revenge mode, and just destroys the other rapper. We all know what a rap battle is. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that like there's this back and forth, and the I thought, we've seen Eight Mile. Damn! <laughs> if you weren't here getting beers, you would hear all this stuff. Sorry. But I've got this. Did you th- say eight mile? Did you mention it? I mentioned eight mile. God damn it! So the funniest one I thought was uh, the, and this is very up blue yonder's alley because we have a beef with Stephen Hawking. We, oh, you're right. And one of the epic, epic rap battles of history is Einstein versus Stephen Hawking, and Ooh. I'm going to play that for us because we have mastered the art of putting shit through our mixers so it gets onto the podcast from our computer. So, are we ready for this? I've apparently lost the art of hearing anything. What happened? Uh, I've lost my connection or something. Um, okay, that's not my. That's not the listener's go. problem. That you tripped over your <laughs> no. mic and ripped off your ear. Oh, insert that jack! Oh, yeah. you're absolutely right. And now I can hear us. Okay, All right, you can better. hear us. All right, are yep, we ready? Let's do this. Because I'm going to put us. Let's um, make sure this doesn't blow the user's eardrums, listeners. Well, no, this is this is uh, an epic test of podcast history. Here we Here go. We go. <laughs> what the fuck did he say? Destroy <laughs> men on me for serious. Ripping holes in you bigger than the hole in your black hole theory was. 
I'm telling you, I I cannot <laughs> I cannot get enough of that stuff. So Hawking wins that one clearly, oh, he's got right? Because I thought yeah. this 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 busted the mold of like because you had the usually the first rapper come in, second rapper come in, third rapper come in and destroy the other one. Yeah, and Hawking, I mean uh, Einstein did. I thought that was the end. <laughs> yeah. and when when Hawking came out, there's ten million 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 million. It's like oh, <laughs> your mama took the ugly one. <laughs> put them in the one nerd plus the auto tuned Hawking voice. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I honestly, that's the most evenly matched because you're so you're just giving it to Hawking straight up. I'm giving it to Hawking. That last that last rhyme was just too good. Yeah, it was. Pretty it's good. the same way I gave it to Norris in the Chuck Norris versus. Uh, who did Chuck Norris verse? Uh, uh, Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. Yes, I gave it to Chuck Norris because he just had the the last line, the last word. Yeah. Um, and I give it to uh, who's the other ones we watched. Um, Beethoven and Justin Bach. No, 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 no. Um, uh, we Vader and Hitler. Vader and Hitler. Yeah, Vader. I give it to Hitler. Really? Yeah. See, I think Vader Hitler brutalized Hitler. Really? Yeah. And he had the last Maybe word he did. too. Maybe he did. I don't remember. Anyway, you got you will waste it like a good half hour, and I I watch this at work on my lunch break, and people are coming <laughs> to my office. What are you laughing at? And I'm like, oh, here, let me turn up the speakers and show you. Yeah. So your mama took the ugly one. Put him in the one nerd. Yeah, so that's, that's freaking out. How many of them are there? Is there, like, a whole bunch of them? I'll say there's, just... like, 12. Because there's, Whoa. oh, the other one that's kind of topical is, um, let's see. So you got Einstein, Einstein versus Stephen Hawking, Justin Bieber versus Beethoven, nah, Abe Lincoln versus bad. Chuck Norris, which is that good. That was good, yep. Um, Surprise! Genghis Khan versus the East, Easter Bunny is stupid, but Hulk okay. Hogan versus Kim Jong Il. Oh God! And what's awesome is Kim Jong Il destroys Hulk Hogan, <gasps> but then he tags in the Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> totally to topical. End up, to end up the battle, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, Sarah Palin versus Lady Gaga is pretty pretty epic. Um, <laughs> okay. there's Napoleon Dynamite versus Napoleon. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so like, yeah, um, cool. I'll post a link to this. It's on our Facebook. If you'd have followed us on Facebook, you already gotten this goodness inside you. And if you don't follow us on Facebook, that's how you get it. So anyway, uh, that's a little lighter material. We're ready to go on to your next meaty segment. We're ready to hit you with some meat and we're Upside already running a little dome. bit long on here, but that's cool. But I, I think Ebert deserves a little love. Ebert has been through a lot. Ebert has been with us He's through missing the years. A jawbone. Missing a jawbone, and, and he's doing a hell of a job representing movies, representing theater, representing critics. Uh, he's he's really like the the preeminent critic, right? Like I he would is. Say. I would say he's the number one guy I go to when I look for movie reviews. Right. Nobody else. He's the Stephen Hawking, literally, of of movie <laughs> oh, re- of, of movie oh, science God. of movie art. You took it there. Cinema of cinema art of theater. All right, well, his his latest article on his blog just came out today, I think. Actually, it'll be yesterday if you're listening to this oh, Friday. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, it's called The Dying of the Light, mm-hmm. and it's talking all about how uh, less and less 
the theaters are projecting movies at 100% brightness. Right. They're, they're actually bumping down the brightness. Um, and, and he says something about how he's, he's noticed this, and he's sure that audiences have noticed this. And audiences haven't quite understood why they have, like, this gut feeling that something is wrong about this movie. Something isn't this, – this movie, this theater experience is not what it should be. And this is something that I've always felt, and I've never really been able to understand what it was until I read Ebert's article here. Okay. Um, so he's talking about how um, films are being projected at less than 100% brightness, which 3D is kind of a big part of that. There are, like, a couple reasons why theaters do this. For one, 3D. Um, the 3D lenses that they use actually – project with two beams but they use the same light Mm -hmm. um so they've got about 50 percent intensity on each beam right they use a polarized filter because Uh those glasses you put are are, uh, a polarized yes one 90 degrees different from the other Mm -hmm. and that's how one eye sees one picture and the other sees the other exactly so if they drop that polarized filter it's blocking i mean it's like polarized sunglasses it's blocking literally half the light exactly so you're looking at it at about 50 percent brightness right um and a lot of theaters when they switch from projecting a 3D movie to a 2D movie, mm-hmm. they don't take out that lens. They don't take out the lens from the camera that is actually polarizing those images. Especially a particular brand of, of a projector. <laughs> well, if we want to heap more shit onto Sony right well, we now, do. we can talk about Okay. All right. Well, it's Sony projectors. Yeah. They're, because the, the deal with Sony projectors, especially these specific ones that people don't want to change out, mm-hmm. the reason they don't want to change them out is because it's a hassle. It takes a lot of time, and there are specific passcodes that you have to put in. Uh, otherwise, the DRM will literally brick the projector. Right. Because, like, I guess one of the things is if you agreed to take a Sony projector, they were less expensive. But you had to agree to show X amount of minutes of Sony commercials. <laughs> and the way they lock that down is at the hardware level in a projector. And if you got some minimum wage multiplex fucker mm-hmm. in your projector, you can lock the thing down. And I guess even changing a filter requires some of the special technology. Well, that's the thing. To open up this projector, to take out the lens mm-hmm. and exchange it with a 2D mm-hmm. lens, you have to open the projector. And that's what requires the passwords. Right. Passcodes. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically DRM that's causing this issue. Um, Sony people, DRM. Imagine it's, that. It's Sony DRM if you want to pick on them. I do. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so the, the, between movies, they say they don't have the time. It's too time consuming. Um, it's actually a bit of an art, I guess, to changing these things. It's more technically advanced than the, like you said, the minimum wage, uh, multiplex employee. Right. Is, is capable of handling. So they don't change the 3D lenses. So like next time you're watching a 2D movie, if you look up the lens, um, of the projection booth. If you see two beams of light coming out, that means that they're actually using a 3D lens to project your 2D movie. Right. And you're seeing it in at least 50% brightness. Right. Uh, possibly up to 85% um, removed brightness. Right. So they're saying that if you see a 2D beam, get up and complain. Yeah. Yes, that's the absolutely. only way we're going to make them do this. Yeah, if you see two beams. And other thing is, like, I noticed this going in our old hometown. I saw The Matrix at a multiplex in Cincinnati and was blown away. Uh-huh. And the day next day, I said to my ex, I said, we've got to see this movie. I took her to the hometown theater in Mooresville, which was a budget bullshit. <laughs> yep. Like, the... the, the I mean, it was so bad that, like, the speakers would cut out sure. from time to time. I remember that. Yeah. And I'm like, God, why is this sh- – I can barely see what the fuck is going on. I thought it was because they had the, like, 
they also did things like you know you had like the house lights would be halfway on yeah which yeah. I hate the theater Ridiculous. should be dark it should so be I went no up lights and said you need to shut those lights sign. off and they shut them off but it's still muddy mm-hmm. I guarantee because Ebert said that like a lot of movie uh, guys mm-hmm. that own movie houses would like you have a four thousand watt bulb they would mm-hmm. run it at three thousand watts thinking it would last longer. Mm-hmm. And he said the irony is that do underwatering the bulb would la- make it last by two and a half percent longer. <laughs> yep. So literally, the only person they were cheating, or was was the their the customer. customer. Yeah. And I've seen. Absolutely. Um, I went to because you know you, we got the buck fifty shows here in Indianapolis where you can go and see like, uh, you know, a show six or eight weeks after it went in pre you know sure. prime, awesome. wide release. Yeah. It's great, but they're one of the worst because I remember seeing Master and Commander and the nighttime terrible. scenes you could not freaking make out anything. Yeah, people complained about that with Tron as well because it yeah. was three D and and you literally couldn't see anything. Oh, that movie was dark. I, you, if you yeah, it was a dark movie. It was in three D and if you underwatt the bulb oh, in three yeah. D with a dark movie, you're, you're done. It's like watching it in a, a tomb. Uh <laughs> And it's sad because, like, what Ebert says is right. Like, there's a lot of people saying, well, my home theater is just as good. Bullshit. Yeah. If, on a bright screen with a yeah. bright bulb, you cannot beat a digital mm-hmm. projection or especially a 35 millimeter or above cell- celluloid projection. Yeah. It's just amazing. And I think that's like why that's why people say that because they right. don't understand that a proper projection at a movie theater should look a thousand times better than your home setup because ebert ebert is born and raised on really really good projections sure i mean he doesn't he doesn't do anything else he's a film critic he sees top of the line films at top of the line theaters and they have those in chicago they do and they have projectionists who are who are professional projectionists not not a kid going to high school who needs to make a few bucks right their they their life is projection right they they know how to tweak everything right um, and they would not let that fly. They would not leave a 3D lens on a 2D movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's used to that, and he can spot when it's not uh, when it's not done right, which I can't. I mean, personally, I've noticed some things that are wrong, and and I've had a feeling, but I've never known why. You know. Um, so uh, uh, my my question, I guess, would be: Do you think that there's a market for a theater that does it right, a theater that projects. See, I've had this fantasy about of opening a theater, opening a theater to yeah. have one, like two or three screens, and it has bouncers. Uh-huh. Like like your cell phone yeah. rings, yeah. you're out, you're out, done, gone. You talk in the theater, you're out. And these guys will have like night vision fucking goggles at the front of the theater in a pitch black theater, looking at the crowd. If you fucking like talk or distract or take a cell phone call, you're out. Yeah, we serve beer and glasses. Sure. We have nice, comfortable seats. And actually, seats. yeah, because I want to talk about a business model a little bit here, right? Like, the business model of the theaters currently is concessions. I mean, they're they're essentially value-added concessions. They right. they show Which you is, a movie while you eat popcorn. a stupid way to compete. It's a terrible idea because your, your main product is not what you're making money off of there. Right. That's like being a car company who makes money off of popcorn. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You don't get people to Shitty come to popcorn. your lot and sell them popcorn. And then sell them the car at cost. That's ridiculous. Right, right. So I think uh, alcohol is a perfect way to go. Right. Because not only does it increase the enjoyment of the movie and podcast, uh, incidentally. Right. <laughs> but it also is an extreme, an extremely high markup. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's – I mean, we've got businesses that thrive 
solely on alcohol, bars. Um, and I think a movie theater could do roughly the same thing pretty easily. Okay. I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, no. And like I said, I, I really, if I had enough money, I'd probably do that. Hire real projectionists, have real sound. Of course, then you do, do you run the risk of thinking, oh, well, these people are all drunk anyway. They don't need to see 4,000 watts. They can see 3,000 no, watts. No, no. Because I wouldn't, you don't? I wouldn't over-serve my patrons, I, and I resent the suggestion otherwise. <laughs> oh, okay, you're a responsible <laughs> beer hustler. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, because like I said, and again, if they got out of line, the bouncers would be there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there's, um, again, and I would pay probably, you know, kind of like the Castleton Arts Theater, you'd pay more. Mm-hmm. Because the sure. Castleton Arts is probably the best theater or we like have in Indianapolis, Or like Beef and Boards or something like that. Well, don't where, you, where you go and eat and watch Have you movie? been to the Castleton Arts uh, Castleton I'm Arts not, Theater? I'm not, no. Or the Keystone Art Theater? No. You need to go because they show, they show some, like, first release films that have some artistic quality but they also have a lot of indie films and stuff hmm, okay. um like when the rain wilson's film came out that the, the first uh, arrogance guys did what sure, was that yeah. called i, I don't know like, it's a superhero film. that the only yeah. place that came out with was at the castleton arts theater i bet yeah so it's a fantastic theater and like that you go there and there's respectful audiences you don't have the people that talk and do cell phones and all that sure, other crap yeah. Um, it's a really swanky place. There's a wine and like beer bar that's attached to it. Um, so support these places locally. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go to the shitty UA or United Artists or, or AMC. AMC and all that crap, which we do soaps. all the time. <laughs> AMC's lost their damn minds. Like you know, with their seven dollar popcorns and their eight dollar coats. I don't buy any of it, and that's the problem. Like that's why I think there's a fundamental flaw in movie theaters and why i think they're failing left and right yeah you got to sell the experience it's you not the food because se- i can pop better popcorn and drink better coke and i can sneak own. in better alcohol yes <laughs> like, for damn sure that's the thing you need you need a solid business model based on your primary product all right there is no other industry i know that sells a secondary product as their business model all right well you got more to say because we got a shitload of feedback i really don't but we also have to do the blue under curse you didn't prepare this week at all, did you? No. You didn't even realize that we had a new segment. Right, I have a curse. I've got a curse. I have a curse. I've got a curse that has to do... We haven't talked about this Are you going to let all. me go first? I'm going to go first. <sighs> okay. You, you want to go first? Curse me. I'm ready. Curse the trend world. in American cinema of shitty <laughs> theater experiences is irreversible because the bottom line, <laughs> profit scrounging, popcorn shelling, mm-hmm. coke swilling, uh, AMC... Bullshit producers and patrons and patrons are not going to. They're too dumb to realize that they're being underwatered. They're too dumb to realize that a 3D filter is yeah. showing them less than half the light that they're entitled to on the screen. Yep. They don't care that there's the floors are sticky and the seats are wet and that uncomfortable. And that people are answering cell phones and screaming at the theater and putting laser projectors on the screen. They don't care. It's 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 <laughs> it, the death of America. Citizens. There will not be a single American cinema operating in ten years from now. I agree, one hundred percent. No way. It's impossible. Irreversible trend will not happen. All right, it's a pretty good curse. That's a good curse. That's a good I, curse. And I sincerely believe that fate. <laughs> <laughs> Tempting it. All right. Uh, I, I have a curse based on something we've not talked about, but it's been very, uh, very much in the forefront of the American mind right now, which is the, the rapture, the apocalypse. Oh. We have not talked about this. I know most podcasts on the planet have. We've specifically tried to avoid it because it's such a popular, popular topic. 
But Plus um, the PA boys did it first. They did it first, and we didn't want to copy them. Um, I actually have a prediction because Harold Camping, the the guy who mm-hmm. perpetrated all this, um, the family radio guy. Uh, well, he's come out with a new prediction. Really? Yeah. I don't know if you've I've heard, heard this. this. I've heard this. You have? Okay. I don't so, know why I said really. It's just theatrics at this point. <laughs> really? really? What is this you say? Tell us about this, Herbert. October 21st is the new date of the rapture. Mm. Is the new date of the end of the world. Damn it. I've only celebrated one Halloween. I was hoping to get one more in my belt. <laughs> Too bad. Sorry. Shit. Yeah. All right. You should, you should have started sooner. Uh, so I wondered, I wondered with, if the fucking volcano and minor earthquakes were going to give them – because they're basically saying now <laughs> that the rapture has started. It just won't yes. culminate. It, it, the exactly. end times have started. Well, that's the thing. Like the rapture happens and then six months later or whatever, the, the real end of the world happens, right? Aren't you sure, uh, shouldn't you have done this during the bullshit segment? No, this is our blue outer curse. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm about to curse us. Right, or I'm about right to curse now the we're, world. Deep in, we're hip deep in the bullshit. Sure, yeah. Um, and it, it's funny. I actually watched Volcano the other day with Tommy Lee Jones. You remember that? Oh, movie? I thought it was a Pierce Bronson one. No, no, no. Like, what was that? Um, because I, I, I was know. trying to think of that. The one where they're up on the mountain and there's yeah, lava everywhere. It's yeah, really good. Like he, it's not really good. No, but he pad- really bad. He paddles through a lake that's like he does super acidic. They make it a point, and he like wraps his denim jacket around his arm so he can <laughs> paddle through it without harm. Doesn't he drive through lava at one point? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones doesn't. I, I got to give credit. The movie Volcano does not pull any punches as far as melting cars. Like, it melts cars to the ground. <laughs> it firemen. melts people. melts firemen. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't pull any punches there. Nope. Uh, but anyway. Okay, so October 21st, I'm predicting, will actually be the end of the world. I think it will be the end of the world. I think as we speak, there is an asteroid headed toward Earth, and our only hope is going to be a ragtag group of drillers and geologists... Um, I'm getting hot all of a sudden. And, and I think Billy Bob Thornton is probably going to become the head of NASA. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's my prediction. That's the, the ball move prediction for the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> You've got no response. Do I get it's to... It's too good. Do I, do I get to sing... Um, don't want to miss a thing. Don't want to miss yes, a thing. You can. To, you can go for it. To Aragorn, Aragorn's wife. You do. All right. You do. I'm in. You're in for the I'm end in. of the world. I'm in. All right. <laughs> I want to have my animal cracker go between her breasts and down. <laughs> it will definitely happen that way. By the way, Bruce Willis is going to leave you on the fucking moon. That's the stupidest love scene. On the fucking scene. asteroid. That's the stupidest love scene I've ever seen. Ben Affleck with no, an no, 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 no. Episode two. Creating iced animal crackers over Liv Tyler's body. It doesn't get fucking stupider than that. (laughs) That was episode episode two. Two's creepy, but not stupid. And it's bad. You're right. It's not. That's not even a real movie. That was just some fucking dare that George Lucas had with Steven Spielberg. See if he can make a billion dollars off of shit. And he did. All right. All right. Are we ready to initiate the podcast feedback sequence? First up. Levi Jeans on our forums giving us props on the get him out of here. The chaotic camera. They're invading our cast. I don't care. They're giving us props. They said nice cast. Glad to have new stuff to listen to as I go into finals weekend. He's an architect student apparently, and finals weekend. You know that we hung out with them at PAX, man. He told us all about that. I didn't listen to what they're saying. (laughs) I just used them for their board games and beer and their beer. Yeah. 
Um, architecture leads to there tends to lead to how many nights without sleep adventure. Hearing about the destruction of Australia at the hands of feral camel hordes yes. helps keep the sleep at bay. Dude, Fuck yeah, I'm does. surprised Jesse didn't chime in about this, man. Well, Where Jesse, are you, Jesse? Jesse was all about. We're going to leave him for the last, the best for last. Right. No, fuck no. I just fuck saw the no. accent for Mustafa. Um, <laughs> Jesse to Blue Yonder. He said, "In the absence of the dawn, I figured I'd plant my ram-crested flag on the enemy territory for the arrogant corner." We got the dawn back, bitch. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Homebrewing. This is actually something. I'm this interested is cool. In yeah, because well, I, and we didn't pick up on the the Groupon for the fifty dollars off. I have or all that equipment because I make wine. Do, Dude, let's get on it then. All right. Because Jesse is totally schooling us in beer. All right. Well, listen totally. to this. Uh, you mentioned briefly in discussing a Groupon that you had been considering buying the homebrew kit for half off, but yes, I think that you didn't. You should reconsider buying that set. Homebrewing has quickly become one of my favorite <laughs> hobbies, and the benefits are huge. First thing to consider, it's deceptively easy. That's very good because we're deceptively easy <laughs> We're deceptively simple people. Sure, you get a lot of components with scary names like Blow Off Tube and Mash Turn. Again, I'm getting hot. Yeah, my bedroom Saturday night is all I'm saying. But the extract brewing process is about as complicated as a cooking a nice stew. Uh, you lost us there. Jim can't cook. Wait, wait, fuck. wait. You told us how to cook a stew earlier yeah. in the episode. Carrots? Oh, no. Stones? That was, that was precast. Mike test. We didn't do was stone it? soup. Shit, we didn't do that? Jesus, how much have you drank? Like four Cutting beers. Cutting you off. Um, 10.2% might I add You can't cook shit Your mom No you can shit. microwave stuff That's Dude, it Dude I did hard boiled eggs the other day Wow Yeah You're the man And I cook on the George Foreman grill All, right. all the time I'm gonna mute you now <laughs> uh, Sure you get a lot of components Or wait I already did that Secondly it's cheap as hell I consistently make 5 gallon batches for $30 Which is why I like making wine You can make 24 bottles of wine for like 40 bucks Nice. And they're like equivalent twenty to thirty dollar bottle of wine if I was going to judge it myself. Whoa, awesome! Um, the kit pay for itself as after a couple of uses. Thirdly, women dig it. I don't believe this because what I've heard is that beer brewing beer, unlike brewing uh, making mm. wine, stinks your fucking house like a brewery. Yeah, but freegans don't mind. Nah, because they <laughs> shit in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They eat out of dumpsters. They're used to smells. Uh, women love a man who can operate in the kitchen. True. And if you have a lady over for a nice cold homebrew and a decently cooked meal, you will look like Wolfgang fucking Puck compared to most schlobs. Just don't invite her over during the brewery process where it smells like <laughs> a damn brewery. Yeah. Uh, fourthly, it'll help you appreciate retail beers more. You'll be better at picking up the subtleties of certain grains, hops, and even yeast strains. Fifthly, it scales up. God damn. It scales up the complexity to however much you want. You can make complicated brews, blah, blah, blah. I think you guys would like it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if you want some tips, I'd be happy to indulge you. Hell, I might just make a blue yonder for packs. A brew yonder. Brew yonder, yeah. I love it. Brew yonder. Fuck you, Jesse. We've got brew yonder. We will sue you for infringement. <laughs> that is too good a name for a beer to pass up. Right? I like it. Um, make make us a brew yonder. I, I would love it. We're coming out to packs in August. No, we Make have us a, a brew yonder. We have a brew yonder west and brew yonder east, and we see we have a battle midwest at Gen Con or at PAX. We well, bring our supply. And the we trouble have... is, we can't bring it. Fuck why? You can't fly with beer. Bullshit. You I'm can gonna... fly with three ounces of beer in your shampoo. I'm gonna bottle. check that bag, and we're gonna okay. bring it, right. and we're gonna set up a booth at PAX and have a blind taste testing and see who wins, east or west. Nice. West or Midwest? Let's do it. He's got a leg saying, up. He's we got, got more Wisconsin. We got Chicago. I'm just going to bring Schlafly's Imperial Stout and pour it into our and own say bottles. That's blue, the <laughs> yeah. I like it. 
Okay. Peace, Jesse. Um, Peace, War Jesse. Aaron. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, okay, I've not read Stafa's email, but he wants it read in a macho man, oh. Randy Savage accent. Can I do oh, this? Oh, yeah. Can I do this? Can you do it? Let me see it. Let's see who's got the best accent. All right. What, what should we say? Well, it's, Dear let's Blue listen. Yonder. Oh, dear Blue Yonder. Let's get your best. Let's just hear it. Dear Blue oh, Yonder. dear Blue Yonder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You actually might have it, me. But that's going to kill. I'll have to check out of the podcast after that. That's going to totally destroy my voice. Okay. But I'll do it. I'll do it for the fans. All right. Our, but I'm just really feeling this one, man. All right, well, we'll trade off each sentence, right? My, uh, okay. So line my line. Okay. Who wants okay, to start? Here we go. Am I going to uh, start? You, you can start, yeah. With the Dear Blue Yonder? Sure. <laughs> Dear Blue Yonder, every superhero and cartoon character gets their chance yeah, to save <laughs> and participate in every Christian holiday, brother. Oh, yeah. Everyone gets to save Christmas. You got the Elmo, Ernest, Felix the Cat, Inspector Gadget, Bonesaw is ready for even <laughs> Batman and Robin to help Santa out. Yeah. When is Spider-Man gonna get a chance to save Punga? Or Superman gonna fast during Ramadan? Or Spongebob? Gonna celebrate Buddha's birthday during Vegas. Snap into a Slim Jim, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, the voice. Uh, the voice is, uh... Ooh. I feel like I've been through a steroid cycle. <laughs> I got the veins popping. Oh, I got, I'm pumped. I got the blood flow. I'm pumped. I feel like I just worked out. I feel like I need to go grab Miss Elizabeth, drag her into the ring, and <laughs> slap her around a bit. I feel like, actually, that's how Macho Man Randy Savage works out. I don't think he actually works. He just speaks. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, that's, that's a workout. That's a P90X workout. Absolutely, I'm sweating man. like, god damn, I don't know. Like, like uh, the Rock Johnson on, on <laughs> Fast and Furious 5. Yeah. All right. If you did not see, first of all, it's sad that Randy the Macho Man Savage died. Yes. And it's a fate yes. un- that's shared by many, many wrestlers. If you want to read the definitive eulogy... Bill Simmons, the the best sports writer in, in in America right now, wrote an awesome eulogy of Randy Ma- Macho Man Savage with a lot of deep hmm. delves into the Macho Man YouTube archives. Uh, check out on Facebook. I posted this link uh, early this week. Um, check that out, and especially check out the Macho Man on Coke YouTube video. <laughs> I can't imagine. I kind of want to pop it through, pump it through the the audio. Can we do it? Is is it video? Is it like visual, or is it more audio? No, it's all audio. Okay. Well, all right. Well, you, you do respond. That you respond to the uh, premise that while well, I'm doing this, you respond to the premise that no one celebrates non-Christian holidays, which is true. What do you mean? Non-Christians celebrate non-Christian holidays no, all the but time. but, like, it's kind of like the Adam Sandler. Oh, the superheroes and cartoon characters. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's uh, that's obviously part of the society we live in, right? We're, like, 90% Christian or whatever it is, 60%. Right. Uh, so My throat hurts, by the way. <laughs> how do you think Macho Man Randy Savage feels oh, all day, every true. day? He suffered for our sins. If he weren't on steroids, he couldn't do that voice that long. Right, right. <laughs> But no, okay, okay. So it's it's a part of our culture. I think that's what it is. Like America makes superheroes, and America is mostly Christian. Uh-huh. Therefore, superheroes celebrate Christian holidays. 
I don't think it's any any mystery. Now, I don't think it's it's not PC or whatever. I mean, okay, but what are you going to do about that? I, I, it's just part of our culture. So it's you're saying in. that Superman, Batman, all those are mm-hmm. are Gentile white Americans. <laughs> They're not uncircumcised. I guess like you know, you're saying get your own heroes. Is that what you're saying? I'm I'm saying that they're created by people who celebrate those holidays. Why wouldn't they celebrate those holidays? I don't know. Are we ready for the Macho Man? I mean, maybe we need, maybe we need a more PC superhero. Maybe we need, uh, like everybody's superhero. Right. But, but of course, why would, why would Superman celebrate Christmas? I don't know. Superman's from Krypton. They don't have Christmas on Krypton. Jesus didn't create Kryptonians. You're about to hear mean Gene Okerlund. (laughs) Oh boy. Wrestling Federation. Can we get some more volume? Man that has not only turned it around 180 degrees, 180 degrees, but he's gone another 360, and then 360, and then another 180. <laughs> Macho Man. He has Randy no response Savage. for that. You have changed over the past couple of months, like I can not believe, sir. I'm a chameleon, yeah. Chameleon? Uh, yeah. I'm talking about the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. And, and the, the beat goes on. Yeah, I am looking right into you right now. Macho madness right now. Sure, sweet, and so is honey. Macho madness is on a roll, and it can't be stopped. No. What does that Elizabeth mean? understands what I'm talking about, yeah. Why, why is it, Macho Man, when I sit and talk to you, stand and talk I to you? I love Mean Gene. I miss Mean Gene. Old Sonny and Cher hits. Why is that? Unbelievable. Time distortion. Space is the place Mean Gene Oakland go down that lonesome highway. Yeah. Randy Savage <laughs> versus Stephen Hawking. Rap battle. Reincarnation doesn't have to be. You can concentrate and you can not. See? Rodney Macho Man, he's all about reincarnation. He's down with Buddha. Hell yeah, he's coming back, man. has got to include... Maybe the honky-talk man, the intercontinental champion of the world. I know you're not getting along real well with members of the Bobby Heenan family. Hell no. Man, not at all. No. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you about something. about the greatest intercontinental champion that ever lived, the honky-talk man is out of line. Yeah. <laughs> I am the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion that ever lived, and I am the greatest professional wrestler that ever lived, and I'm living now. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> and I'm living now. Yeah. It's about making the proclamation. From the beyond the grave. about the honky Talk, man, the greatest Dude. intercontinental champion of all time. He says I can't sing and I can't dance, but I can make romance. Yeah, right there, the fork <laughs> in the road. I said, oh, right. romance in my ears right, right now, so man. Like, right. And then, and then, I understand what the situation was. I went over that one bridge, yeah. And then, when I crossed that bridge, I found out that I was on the right side. And I said, Elizabeth, follow me, yeah. <laughs> All right. Cut, All right. Cut Macho Man. Cut Macho Man. He's too good. No. Just go uh, check out this video. He's showing us up. We should just do an hour of Macho Man right? clips, man. The Macho Man podcast. Damn. I, we just, should just do a send-up of Macho Man. The outro. The outro, we're going to give you some Macho Man gold. All right. He single-handedly makes me wish that we had fit bat wrestlers on the badass scale. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could definitely put The Rock on there, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. And St- Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep, yep. But, uh, Hulk Hogan. Um, you can put him on there. But yeah, you got to see Bill Simmons' article on Facebook. Um, it, this was not a podcast? No, it was a straight oh, up article. Man. He wrote I wish you would have done a podcast. For ESPN.com on professional wrestling. Hmm. It's, it's, it's awesome. You got to read it. And it's got so many great YouTube links of his classic matches and interviews. So 
yeah, we'll let the Macho Man play us out. Um, I think that's all the feedback we got. We got a little bit. Uh, we we got to get out of here, right? We got to get. Out. It's like an hour and a hundred minutes. We got to call this shit. We're not. We're not competing with Peter for title longest of longest podcast. podcast on the Bald Move catalog. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that said, then uh, if you want to leave us feedback, until next time. No, if you want to leave us feedback, <laughs> forums.baldmove.com, blue yonder at baldmove.com, yep. Twitter at baldmove, facebook.com slash baldmove, and Check out Power Play. Just yes. got relaunched. Check that out. Next week, we've got, I swear to God, Ian <laughs> Kine Samuel. We've worked out all the fucking kids. We have. There's nothing stopping us. We're going to have that in your ears next Friday. Yep. Taste it. Feel it in your ears. Uh, okay. Are we ready for With That Said? With That Said. Can we do this? With That Said. <laughs> with That Said. Until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Yeah. Ciao. So here's the Macho Man. It's this entitled YouTube. Macho Man is insane. He is. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage, there is a lot of history between you and Jake the Snake Robert. You fool, you living out there. Forced to watch you Lean on unconscious. That might make you a little bit upset. That might make you a little bit over the edge. That might make you a little bit insane. And a few men out there were forced to watch your wife, or your woman, or your main squeeze, yeah, begging to another man, and then getting slapped by another man. <laughs> that might make you a little upset. That might make you a little bit over the edge. That might make you a little bit insane. But not me, Snake Man. Not me. Because I know. What I'm going to do to you tonight! You know something? Maybe I am insane. Maybe I am insane. And maybe it's time for you, Jake the Snake Roberts, to find out how insane I am. Yeah! Right now, yeah! Let's get back to ringside! How does he wrestle after speaking? I don't know.